Bam 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 Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Mm-hmm. That's Lisa Linky. Yep, and that's Misty Stinnett. Thank you. Uh, so this is the podcast where we review a popular self-help book each episode, and we tell it to each other, and we talk about how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. We're reading the book so that you don't have to. Or, uh, or if you're super excited about it, you'll know which one to buy. You can go read it mm-hmm. and get way more depth than we can possibly cover. All the juicy details. That's right. And you can go on enjoying your busy life while still getting the perspective-altering self-help advice that you've been craving oh my so much. God, you need to be in advertising. Thank you. That was delightful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's my dream to be Alice and Janney on the Kaiser Permanente commercials. Mm-hmm. It's like the most soothing ad I've ever heard. She's like, live life and thrive. Kaiser Permanente. Wow. Yeah. I don't watch commercials. No, it's not. It's a radio ad. Oh, Mm-hmm. I don't listen to the radio. Yeah, you're like, what is the I'm radio? I'm an NPR girl. I'm yeah. bad. At, I know. I'm annoying. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I'm I'm a podcast girl, oh, so here we are. I guess I am, too. Now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I totally listen to commercials on podcasts. I never fast forward. Yeah, no, never. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Misty, I'm very pleased to bring you the book entitled, You Are a Badass. How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen (laughs) Sincero. You have feelings about this book, (laughs) as do I. Well, I have uh, just for everybody listening, I have read this book, but it was like two or two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And in Misty time, that may as well be three decades because I'm sorry, you're on. You're no longer on Newtonian time. No, I'm not. I'm on a whole different. (laughs) We're just floating around. Um, so I don't really remember a lot about it except for this one section that I will mm-hmm. I will try. We'll hit it. It's yeah. near the very end. I'm sure. This was written in 2013. Um, as I checked out, it's $19 for hardcover, $9.59 on paperback, and $9.99 on audiobook or Kindle. Um, here's a quick... Oh, God, I just <laughs> took my glasses off and hit my mic. Sorry, Matt. Um and we keep calling Matt or Sav. We should call him Sav. That's what he's asked. And I keep calling him Matt. I know. Me too. Sorry. That's our uh, producer extraordinaire. Matt Sav on the can. Thank you. Um, here is what I uh, found out from her very own website. Jen Sincero is a number one New York Times bestselling author, success coach, and motivational cattle prod who's helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives via her products, speaking engagements, newsletters, seminars, and books. Her number one New York Times bestseller, You Are a Badass, colon, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life, has sold well over two million copies. It ha- Everybody loves this book. This is, is uh-huh. this is. I think it's still on the New York Times bestseller list. It's available in 20 plus languages and continues to grow in popularity around the globe. Her follow-up, You Are a Badass at Making Money, colon, Master the Mindset of Wealth, 2017, also a New York Times bestseller, is written with the same imitable sass. Is that right? Imitable? Mm-hmm. Imitable. Im- thank you. Imit- <laughs> in, it's I-N-I-M-I-T-A-B. Imitable? But it's it looks like inimitable. <laughs> Someone write in and tell us. We're moving on. <laughs> Down to earth humor and blunt practicality that made you are a badass and indomitable bestseller and Jen <laughs> a celebrated voice in the world of self development. And here's the tagline: If my broke ass can get rich, you can too. No, that's not real. No, tell me. Yep. <laughs> It says, Tell me that is not that real. That is on the website. Wait, by, wait, okay. By the end of You Are a Badass, you'll understand why you are how you are, how to love what you can't change, how to change what you don't love, and how to use the force to kick some serious ass. Okay, I need to unpack this for a moment. Yeah. I have three questions. I'm going to give you the answer. Does she think we're cattle? Yes. Does she think that saying, if my broke ass can get rich, then you can too, is relatable? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, and then the third is, so those are all of her credentials about this book, this thing that's already happened. Yeah. What were her credentials for, like, before she wrote this book? Why did she, like, do you know, like, why did she write this book? Why Why have so many people listened to her? Yeah. I don't think there's anything. No. 
<laughs> I'm going to tell you that on the back of the book, it says basically the same thing. Um, and basically she talks about how she went from being broke to being a successful person. Okay, but she never outlines like, here's why I'm an authority on this, or she became successful and then wrote this book? Um, she does say in the introduction, she used to think quotes like like the one that she starts out with, you can start out with nothing, and out of nothing, out of no way, a way will be made, um, which is from the Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Mm. She says, I used to think quotes like this were a bunch of crap, and I also didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> I was too cool. The way Lisa, mm-hmm. the way you go, crap. Oh yeah, I have a lot of feelings about okay, it. Okay, so that, but uh, you know, you know that I always like to know why are we taking advice from this person? I what are don't their know. Apparently, she's a badass, and she has found a way to make her life awesome. Okay, all right. So here's the thing: it's the book is in five parts. Okay, part one: how you got this way. That's just a um. scant. 30-some pages. (laughs) Part two, how to embrace your inner badass. Okay. Again, a scant 30-some pages. (laughs) Part three, how to tap into the mother load, which is what she refers to as the universe. Okay. That That is 50 pages. Okay. Part four, how to get over your BS already. Okay. okay. That is almost 60 pages. And part five, how to kick some ass. And that's like another 50 pages, I would say. Um, I I need to ask you before we dive in, what were your f- very first impressions of this book? Because I'm having a lot of first impressions because I don't remember any of this. Uh, oh, that um, was uh, <laughs> that's Lisa's true self showing up. It is. Listen. <laughs> Everyone had, and their brother had said that they loved this book. Yes, they all say that. All those brothers. Here's what I can say. (laughs) Again, it's got tiny bite-sized chapters. Okay. Which we love. A little Um, shock value. A little shock value. But like, I don't know. It comes from the premise that you are a badass. Okay. I think a lot of, I think a lot of women enjoy that belief um instead of feeling like they're not worthy to come from the the assumption that they are worthy is cool right um there are some things that i i found that she did well in that she gave some of her uh, i'm going to use the term loosely assignments Mm -hmm. she gave like here are five things that you need to do in order to achieve this okay so it's practical I, I just remember, and I don't want to put any preconceived notions into anyone's head before we dive in, which we're already doing. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember, I and I think this is why I don't remember the book, is because I remember reading that book and then walking away and going, I don't know, the, like, concretely how to put any of this You're exactly practice. right. I'm going to tell you two things. Okay. One, gosh, somewhere around part four, I wrote... This book reminds me of a road trip conversation, deep and meaningful, but all over the fucking place. (laughs) And I had the explicit thought of what my Grammy said. This book is like a fart in a mitten, first in the finger and then in the thumb. And she always used to say that about whenever we were running around or anybody who's just, you can't get that, you can't pin them down. They're just, if you push one hair, then they move over and then you push it. Like they're just all over the place and you can't stop them. That's how this book feels. It's a fucking fart in a mitten. It's all over the place. It's like a buckshot. And I think some people appreciate that. I, I, I don't know what her expertise is. Right. And so I don't know where this comes from other than like, Sounds you like can a good do idea. this. Right, 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 right. Very encouraging. Okay, so walk us through it. Okay, so here's the thing. In the intro, like I said, she acknowledged she used to be a self-help hater. She knew that she was capable of more, and she went from wanting to deciding, and that was like her big switch. Okay. And she says that you're going to have to face things you don't want to think about and stay open. And actually, she says, in all caps, stay open or else you are screwed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good way um, to get people to stay open is to yell at them. It is. I found it very <laughs> Listen, effective. Listen, I think, I think at... that's what a lot of people like is that I think a, I, 
actually, you've just hit on it, Misty. I think a lot of people think about self-help genre as like this very woo-woo, like touchy-feely. And I think that she is the antithesis of that, which is like cold, hard, cut and dry. This is what you have to do in order to be a badass. And I think some people eat that up. Well, sure. I I mean... Absolutely. And I I think you and I both responded well to a similar tactic in Mark Manson's book. Mm -hmm. I almost said Mark Maron's. Mark Manson's book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, Mm -hmm. was super straightforward. Like, here's what matters. Here's what Mm -hmm. doesn't. And we're all going to die, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I like here's the thing, like stay open or you're screwed is like not a way to necessarily make people open up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you have to be I don't know. I I personally need a little more reassurance that it's going to be okay. It's fine. You know what I mean? Cuz then I'm thinking, "Oh god, I'm not staying open." And then I'm closing down because I'm thinking about how I'm bad at staying open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um she says the first thing that she's going to ask us to do is to believe that we live in a world full of limitless possibilities. She says, I don't care if you have a lifetime of proof that you can't stop shoving food in your face or that people are intrinsically evil or that you couldn't keep a man if you were handcuffed to his ankles. Believe that anything is possible anyway. Okay, so I have to jump in here because this this is my problem with every single book that says this, every meditation that tells me to do this, every fucking blog on the internet that's like, no. You just have to believe it will happen. You have to thank the universe as though you've already yeah. won the lottery yeah. or have your dream job or are buying your dream house. I I don't know how to do that. Like, well, it is she so will, problematic. She actually does tell you how she did it and how she wants you to do it. Okay. How is that? I will get to that. Okay. We're still in – we haven't even gotten to part one, why you are the okay, way you are. Okay, let's get to part But one. I will – when I read that, I also understand what you're saying, but – I am going to invite Jen Sincero to believe that people want more than to be thin or be married. Yeah, those examples bothered me. And Can't I'll tell keep you, a man rampant through this book is just money, thinness, and and relationship. Really? Oh, rampant. Rampant. Oh, and it really bothered me. It really bothered me. Because she's espousing a certain set of values. Well, I guess. And also it just means like, is if that's what she thinks people want in life, I mean, I guess maybe that is what most people want in life. But like, I guess it sounds like to be a badass, you are thin, you are rich, Wealthy. and you have a relationship. That's really interesting. And I'll be it honest, sounds like she's I not open to all the possibilities. Not thin, I am not rich, and I am not in a relationship. But I don't know that I want to change all of those. No, dude, you're fucking amazing. You are a woman that I look to as an inspiration every fucking day. Do you know what I mean? Well, yes. thank you. But do you know what I mean? So, I like, do. it was really hard for me to kind of come to this book honestly and be like, okay, because, yeah, a lot of her humor, she calls it sass and it's in, in middle or whatever. Well, but- listen, sass is also a very gendered term. Mm-hmm. It's got its own baggage with it. It's mm-hmm. like, meow. Okay. okay, so let's talk about why we are the way we are. Okay. Part one. She talks about subconscious mind. She says most people are living in an illusion based on someone else's beliefs, which like, I agree. I find her humor very insensitive throughout uh, the book. She doesn't say God. She says the G word. She says there's limitless power. She literally pow- says, like, quote the G word. Yep. Okay. She says there's limitless power in the universe we're tapping into. She gets very into the secret and law of attraction. And then she's like, you have to live in the present. It's already here. Live as if. And the example she gives is, look, electricity existed before the light bulb, but most people didn't know about it. And I said, this is patently untrue. I don't the Greeks knew about static electricity and like did it repeat like oh Oh, yeah she's basically saying nobody knew electricity existed until Benjamin Franklin um and discovered it and it's not like he discovered electricity he found the way to harness it and he and then then she's even talking about the light bulb like that was Thomas Edison that was years from then so Mm -hmm. like she's trying to draw a metaphor and she's not wrong but Right. I'm a stickler for don't don't try to bamboozle me you with your metaphors. You know what metaphor I like better? Yeah, tell me. We cannot see ultraviolet rays mm-hmm. with our eyes. That's right. But they are there. That's and right. And they burn us and give us skin cancer just the same. Right. So we can like, only see like one-tenth of the color spectrum Right. We didn't even eyes. know about germ theory 
Yes. Really, until the last 100 or 200 years, right? So it's like we know germs are there and they affect us in ways. Yes. But we had not. We had not discovered them yet. And there are things that we cannot understand. Right. But to say that, like, I need a, a and I'm going to get real up on my high house, I need a rich white man who owns slaves to discover something to explain it to me made me like, shut up. Right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think people, when they see lightning flash across the sky, are like, that's the thing that exists. There is something lighting up the sky in the middle right, of a thunderstorm. Right. It's not like I didn't know it was there. By the way, can I just say, much like with germ theory or how we've figured out that things we used to think in the 1500s were witchcraft and magic is actually just physics or, happening. Or misogyny. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, but I, I mean like actual physical phenomena yes. that yes. we've we've now figured out. I cannot wait till somebody oh. actually harnesses the power of the universe and is like that thing that we thought was this ethereal mm-hmm. mystical thing mm-hmm. no everybody does it everybody's driving lambos mm-hmm. we're all we're all in malibu somehow <laughs> everybody i i hate that i hate that vision <laughs> Um, okay. She also calls, I, I just want to get through this. She calls the ego the big snooze because she feels like it's a real downer. Um, okay. Okay. She calls self-perception a zoo. And then she gives that old BS line about how it takes just as much energy to think a good thought as it does a negative thought. Again, which is patently untrue. If you have a lifetime of thinking negative thoughts about yourself, it does not take the same energy to think a new thought yeah, about yourself. Yeah, because your neural pathways are carved out. But also uh, something that I think a, a therapist pointed out to me is like, we as humans are not n- wired to like bathe in positivity all the time because we still have that, that reptile brain mm-hmm. that's looking around for threats. Mm-hmm. So we are constantly assessing. Yeah. That's your how prefrontal am I cortex. How, exact, Three exactly. times a minute. So, three times a minute it checks to make sure that we're not dying. Does it really? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's so sweet. And of thank it. God it did. <laughs> and thank God it does. Do you know what I mean? I love you're like in love that's with your so prefrontal sweet. cortex. Yeah. The brain is amazing. It's everyone. amazing. So that idea that it takes just as much energy to think a happy thought as it does a negative one is true if it's about something that is not connected to you or not familiar to you. Right. It's it's not a blanketly true statement. But to think that if you have for 30 years been thinking negative thoughts about yourself, to say that it will take just as much energy to think a positive thought is a lie. Yeah. And it makes the person who is struggling feel like shit. Sure. I had a therapist who came back to me and said, I'm so sorry. That's what we thought at the time. And it's totally wrong. We didn't know what we knew about that. And it must have felt terrible. And I was like, it did. Thank you. Like, And thanks for saying that to me. Yeah. Okay. So now we've learned why we are the way we are, why we're fucked up because of our ego and our disbelief in the law Mm. of attraction and um, the fact that we just don't think happy thoughts. You can tell how I feel about it. So now we are in a cycle of judging ourselves. Thank you. Okay. Now we're ready to embrace our inner badass. Okay. Cool. Bring it on. She says that like at birth, we know so much. She has a story about watching her friend's toddler who was bending over and picking something up. And the dad was like, look at that. He knows exactly how how to squat and not hurt his back. like, And she's like, we're given exactly what we need at birth. We love ourselves. Mm-hmm. She's like, we, we've, it's like we've got a big bag of money to invest, and most of us invest in believing that we're not enough. And I'm like, that's a nice way of putting it. But, I do like that way yeah. of putting it. And I, I will say it is true about kids and even like even the way kids – cry or like don't have tension in their body think about a baby can scream for hours yeah and not lose its voice but as adults if we yell because we're carrying so much tension around in our bodies we lose our voice quite often we should just cut out the vocal cords of babies and insert them into ourselves oh i love that idea (laughs) um i love you thank you so much um she says when we're all happy and in love with ourselves we can't be bothered with the bullshit our own or other people's and i wrote Oh, this sounds like the 53% of white women who voted for Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I don't think that's how she meant it. I don't think it is. And But again, it's again, and you're normally the one to bring up privilege on this podcast. You can only not be concerned with the quote unquote bullshit of other people if you are in a very privileged state. Because yeah. most of the people on this planet have to fight for their rights or their lives yeah. every single day. I, I think she meant like other people dumping negative stuff on you. Sure. And I, I do think there is something to be said about protecting yourself and respecting yourself enough to block that yeah. out. And I do I do mention that 
later because she says, um, I'll talk about that. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so here, I'm going to give you a specific example of what I think is great about this book. Great. So she has many small chapters, which are great. Like we love bite-sized reading. Mm -hmm. And she has lots of lists and things that you can do to help get on your path of being a badass. So um, and these are like practical, practical yeah, things? some of them are. I do appreciate the fact that she gives actionable things. They're not always actionable, but mm -hmm. she is trying to um, give you things to try within each section, within each chapter, cool. right? Like so, that. for example, for this is a chapter called Love the One You Is, uh, yeah. the chapter about believing you are enough and being in love with yourself. She gives these nine actionable items. Oh. One, appreciate how special you are. And then she'll have a little blurb about that. Okay. Two, drown yourself in affirmations. And then she'll explain that and maybe give you a couple with that. Okay. Three, do things you love. Again, each of these have a chapter and ex explanation. Yeah. Four, find a replacement for the negative things. Five, ditch the self-deprecating humor, to which I wrote, huh, because there's a whole lot of it up in this book. Uh, six. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I was just thinking like, oh, yeah, self-deprecating humor. Like, that's an interesting thing because I think a lot of us... We do. Know. We do. Yeah. Like somebody today complimented me on something and said, oh, I hear you're doing a great job. And I said, yeah, well, TBD. And then I was like, why didn't I just accept? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, why it's a great I thing. A little, yeah. But then why does she make the comment like, why does she dig that knife in about like, you couldn't keep a man. You, I don't care if you believe you couldn't keep a man if you were handcuffed to his ankles. Like, that's, all, yeah. that's kind of reinforcing that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe she's doing it to prove a point. I don't know. Sure. It didn't ring authentic to me. Well, she makes us feel like we need this book before we get into the book. Listen, it's an excellent sale yeah. tactic. Um, number six, let the love in. Number seven, don't compare yourself to others. Number mm -hmm. eight, forgive yourself. And number nine, and she ends every list with this, and I do like this, love yourself. Every list ends with love yourself because you deserve that. it or because you're worth it or whatever. And I, th yeah. I think that was nice. Um and look, some of these are just explanations of what she means, and some have actual tasks to help right. achieve each item on the list. Um, and I thought that was helpful for following in her badassery, mm -hmm. you know, if you wanted to do that. But, like, um, I did think that, that that part is salient and that part is useful. Right. It isn't just all woo-woo in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, she said, do not waste your precious time giving one single crap about what anybody else thinks of you. And I wrote, White women. Ugh. And then I also wrote, does this woman have narcissistic, <laughs> narcissistic tendencies? She says, <laughs> you are responsible for what you say and do. You are not responsible for whether or not people freak out about it. Yes. Yes. I always have a problem with detaching from that because it's like I could walk up to someone and punch them in the face. You're responsible for that behavior. And go, I'm responsible for that behavior. I'm not responsible for how you react to my punch. Mm -hmm. And it's that's a concept I, I struggle with a lot. I think you could get meta and say, well, you're responsible for that reaction about that behavior. Oh, God. Okay, mm -hmm. keep going. Um, <laughs> I can't unpack that right she now. She says, what other people think about you has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And I thought, but what if you're racist slash sexist slash whatever? Right. Yes, That doesn't correct. really leave any room for you to have no, some self-reflection. Yeah, it does not. Okay. Part three, how to <laughs> tap into the mother load. So this is how all about how to start meditating and the L.A. way, act as if. Wait, what's the L.A. way? Act as if, ask the universe, make a vision board, upgrade your environment, all that stuff, right? Like only How hang out How do you upgrade with... your environment if you don't have the funds yet? That's a great question. I suggest you read page 97. <laughs> okay. Um, and then she asks us to lead with our crotch. It's very annoying. She talks about how she started this band called Crotch or something. It... Wait, why do, why? I, why? I don't. It, it, because just like life is short and the, it's it's really I, it's I impressive will, when people lead with a whole lot of like fuck yeah well like, okay well that's interesting I will say that I have known some men who are powerful men who are very uh, <laughs> as my old boss calls them cock forward <laughs> and they they stand very cock forward and they literally lead physically. With that. and uh, I mean, you're not wrong. And they seem to really enjoy the way they move through the world. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, I am going to find it right here because I did write down the page number. Um, she says, there's nothing as unstoppable as a freight train full of fuck yeah. 
can I? Who? Is and I the want you to read what I wrote. This book? She wrote. This is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I. It just all feels like somebody's going. Oh, you've got kind of a general self help book. How can we make this saleable or sellable? Or like, not, let's just put a hip spin maybe on it. Maybe it really worked for her, and maybe somebody just needs permission. And or you maybe know what? this editor has something to prove <laughs> to the publishing company. I do want you to know, on page one eleven, she does say, "Oh my god," <laughs> she's talking about giving. She's talking about giving things away. Give and let give. This is chapter thirteen. Give and let give, and I um. This is right after she got me. She's the bitch got me. It was right after I just wrote, oh, I love that she ends everything, every list with love yourself. I really yes. like that. And then she's like, we live in a universe of give and receive, breathe and exhale. This is all like, you know, in and out, all this stuff. Yeah, yin and yang. Uh-huh. And so she says, I'm so mad. Um, so she says, you may be thinking, that's so not true. I know some bitches who do nothing but take and haven't given a damn thing to anybody ever. But receiving has a different energy than selfishly taking. Just as smothering has a different energy than giving. Smothering and taking are fear-based and needy. And giving and receiving are full of gratitude and surrendering to the flow. I know someone who has multiple sclerosis. Your eyes are already wide and I love it. Who was told by a mentor to give away 29 things for 29 days as part of her cure. Uh, she, mm -hmm. she blew it off for a while, but as her condition worsened, she finally decided to give it a try. First, she gave a phone call to a sick friend to see how she was doing. Then she steadily gave away something every day, and she almost instantly found herself more joyful and excited. By the 14th day, she was significantly better physically. Her business started booming, and she went on to create a blog that started a movement with tens of thousands of followers who were also giving things away daily. Her blog ultimately led to a New York Times bestselling book called 29 Gifts. Okay. And I wrote, No, God, no. <laughs> Listen, I have family members and I know people with MS. Okay. And this is this is rude. Okay, I we have to address this. We have to address this because I I have been thinking about Gay Hendrix and the Big Leap since because I'm a person who processes better after the fact, Same. which makes me the perfect podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> like don't process in the moment. Catch us on the follow-up episode. Right. And I have to say this is the second time mm -hmm. in just two or three episodes that we have heard people who are not medical doctors uh -huh. talking about why people are sick or how to get better or it's your fault you have cancer or whatever. I have to say, fucking stop it. Everyone take everything you're hearing with a grain of salt. Do not invest too much into some magical fucking cure and do not take responsibility for things that are not your fault. This is really bothering me. And I know physically, chemically, that um, – our reward centers in our brains do light up mm -hmm. when we give things away. We There is scientific proof that giving is very beneficial yeah. for the giver, yeah. right? It's almost more beneficial, I think it might be, than, for the than receiver. receiving. Yeah. And there is something to be said if I, you know, if everybody who's listening right now, if you're not driving, if you send a text to someone that you've been thinking about and haven't reached out to in – and I encourage everyone to do this. I really invite you to do this. It's a wonderful thing that you haven't talked to in a long time that you've been thinking about. Hey, I just want to tell you that I think you're awesome and I'm thinking about you and I hope everything's great. It takes 10 seconds to send that text. You're going to feel great. It's going to be amazing. And I do believe that when you have – that serotonin and that dopamine going through your body up from the reward center in your brain, can it have a beneficial effect? Sure. Is it going to cure MS? I'm not a doctor, so I can't say definitively, but I, I am getting very triggered by these sweeping promises or sweeping judgments about why people are sick or why they aren't sick. And I think it's irresponsible for us not to address this and say, fuck that. Mm -hmm. Get actual medical attention. Mm -hmm. Try everything you can if you want to get better from whatever your ailment is, for sure. But don't, like, Jesus Christ, everyone just lay off of this a little bit. It's a little too intense for a self-help book to mm -hmm. be like, you can cure MS by giving 29 things away. Mm -hmm. No, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
Thank you. Okay, and now I'm stepping off of the soapbox. Can you help me down? Girl, stay on it. I mean, I I don't think her intention was to say this is how you cure MS, but I do think there needs to be some respect and some level of care or or just a caveat, a small caveat that goes, I'm not saying that you can cure a disease, but my friend really felt very good. Why did during you need to process. say that couldn't you just say she had an autoimmune disorder? Couldn't you just say that she was suffering ill health? Like right. when you name it and claim it like that, yeah. it becomes like a gauntlet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And by the way, if this is effective, and clearly it's true for Jen Sincero and her friend, but like if this is effective, like Great, everybody try it. It's you know what I mean? Like it sounds yeah. like a good thing, but I, I just I have a problem with sweeping promises like that. I do too. I mean, I had a long conversation with my friend Deanna about this, and I would love for her to come on um for one of our minisodes and talk about because she's really like she loves self-help and she's like, well, why not? Why couldn't this be? And I'm like, it's irresponsible. So like we had a really yeah. nice conversation. I'd love for her to come on too and talk about Great. it. But come so on, Deanna, Deanna, come on. Let's get it. Um but like, yeah, it really, it makes me feel sad for people who are suffering from disease because it puts the burden on them that they haven't given enough away. Okay. That they haven't had positive, enough positive you thoughts. You just hit the nail on the head. Again, it's, it is able-bodied privilege. Mm-hmm. Because we have heard from Gay Hendricks, who we're presuming is an able-bodied man mm-hmm. about why people are sick and how they're responsible. And we are hearing from Jen Sincero about this. If if there is a person who has been suffering from MS and this worked for them and they want to write a book, I want to hear from them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that is what's bothering me about it. If if somebody has some miraculous tips or advice or or ways that worked for them, bring it on. But yeah. I'm sick of being told by able-bodied people how to cure is, autoimmune disorders or how they're caused. If you're not yeah. a doctor and you're not directly suffering from this or struggling with this, then stop it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that um um dartboard, you know, the the bullet bullseye method What's that? when you're talking about people who are suffering or are sick or are in a trauma. If you think about it, it is radiating circles and the person who's at the center and the bullseye is the person who's sick or who's in the middle of the crisis. Mm. And and then the people who are on the next ring are like their family or their dependents. And the people outside of that are like their extended relatives and people outside of that are like their caretakers. Mm-hmm. And you never want to drive any energy in towards the bullseye. You always want the energy to drive out. Oh, that's interesting. So like... It's if you're on a fourth ring out, you're a neighbor. It is not helpful for you to drive your energy into the next ring or two rings or all the way down into the bullseye and say, like, what happened? What caused this? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful. It's right. not useful. And it's about you. That's right. What you need yeah. to do is go to the ring outside of that, which is maybe your therapist or your pastor or your friend and say, yeah. I'm so anxious about this or I want right. to know so badly what happened. Can you help me figure out why? Right. Because it's none of my damn business. Absolutely. And to be clear, I uh, all I'm, I'm not saying that this isn't true. I'm not saying that this didn't work. What I am advocating for is responsible dissemination of information. Yeah. Because, again, you can say, here are studies that show that when serotonin is in our bodies, yeah. it has these positive effects. What's a great way to boost serotonin? Giving things away. Yeah. Here are studies that support. There's a way to do it without this generalization. I agree. And I'm so glad that you agree. I feel like you're turning me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, this was the end of our podcast. This was fun. <laughs> we make that joke every week. I know. We're still not sick of it. Um, great. Here we go. We're hanging in there. <laughs> she says, you cut yourself off from the supply of... We're still in how to tap into the mother load, FYI. Okay. You cut yourself off from the supply of awesomeness when you are not in a state of gratitude. And I just wrote, she makes it sound like a threat or a punishment. <laughs> and then on page 127, finally, she wrote, here, here are ways to get into the mother load. Okay. Have a total shit fit. And I wrote, finally. Finally. After <laughs> making vision boards and, and the power of power, All the positive. Finally, you're allowed to have a shit fit at page 127. Great. Okay. Okay. Part four, how to get over your BS already. She says, it's so easy once you have figured out it's not so hard. 
Wait, what does that? That's not a real sentence. That doesn't mean anything. It's true. I wrote UG. Um, here's what you do. One, it's so simple, Misty. Here it is. Three steps. Oh, no, that's not hard because it's easy. Are you ready? Step one, become aware of what your stories are. I do like that. I do like knowing the narratives we tell ourselves. Here we go. Step two, become aware of what you're gaining from your stories. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Step three, get rid of your stories. Yeah, that's right. It's that simple. Uh, step three is immensely difficult. And I do. <laughs> oh, it's so easy. Because I, I will say this. It's interesting. I was once asked, again, brilliant voice teacher, Matt Beisner. Yes. Um, he once asked us something very similar. Like, what what are the narratives we have about ourselves? Yeah. What are the stories we have about ourselves? And what? how are we unwilling to give those up? Yeah. Because what's interesting is if we go, you know, as an analogy, like, Oh, I'll never get that job. I'm because I'm not educated enough. That's right. a story we tell ourselves, right. right? And it may it may be true in certain circumstances, but we keep saying, "Oh no, I didn't go to college, so I can't get that job. I can't get that job." Right. So what do we gain from that? We gain the safety um, of never having to go out and be rejected, right? It's true. So I do think there's a lot of merit to that, but it takes a shit ton of work and soul searching yeah. to change that narrative. It's so it's not as easy as going Oh, okay. I see that. Let me do that. Like again, patterns, neurons. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, she does say repeat this new story. Like she gives you a little five step. You know, list your old stories. Journal about the false rewards. Feel into these false rewards. Thank them. Let them go. Take each false reward. Write a new powerful story. Repeat this new story or affirmation over and over and over and over until it becomes your truth. Like so. Okay. She's I kind love of that. glossing over, she- but that step five can take a very long time. It can, but. Again, scientifically, the more you repeat something, mm-hmm. literally the uh, the thicker the myelin sheath around your neurons becomes, allowing them to fire faster mm-hmm. and more often. Mm-hmm. So you're it, basically you can think of your brain as a cable. Mm-hmm. Like think about the big cables that allow us to make phone calls and like high a T1, speed internet. Like a T3. I don't know what that oh, means. That's yes. a big. Big yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, cable. Yeah. Like the ones that go under the ocean yeah. to allow us to make all. So those are big. So that's what your brain does too. The the more protection you have, the myelin sheath around those neurons. You keep saying sheath. I'm sorry. It makes me giggle. That's right, girl. <laughs> Into it. Yes. But yeah. you're right. The more. So she, she is right. Repetition will help you to start to build new habits. She's not wrong. Yeah. But when I'm... she says it's easy once you figure it out I that is to me a no 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 I think it's immensely challenging and it's worth it it is I, worth again, it again responsible dissemination of information this is going to be hard but you're going to be glad you did this I also feel like if you think it's easy because you just like oh I just wrote changed the story and now it's gone you really didn't change the story yeah you know like I want I think you're lying you know for each yourself. one of those stories that could take months or years of work mm-hmm. to really rid yourself of those thought patterns at a minimum I yeah. would think and yeah. so, uh, anyway. But but I do love that list. Yeah, I think I think it's fa- it's maybe misleading to say it's easy, but I do really like that list. I agree. I love the journaling, the becoming aware, love, the yeah. changing the thought patterns. It's I helpful. Think that's great. But this much makes it sound like it's going to happen in the space of like a few morning pages. Yeah. Well, maybe it did for her. Okay. Well, that's great. She wrote a book. She's a New York Times bestselling author with no credentials. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that that's true. We'll look it up. She does. I did like this. She Also, she does ask you to point out where you stop in your process. Like, is mm. it before you even start? Is it when you, like, get halfway? Is it, like, quarter of the way? Which I think is good. It's nice to be curious and be aware. But, like, this level of curiosity doesn't stay throughout the book. She's kind of like, bitch, stop being not a badass and start being a badass already because fear is for suckers. And that... It's tough. If you come from a place of fear, I think it's it's going to require a person. The person who's going to do best in this book is going to require somebody who's like, I am done yeah. living in a place of fear and I am ready to do whatever it takes to gain what I want and deserve. So do you feel like throughout the book she's advocating for getting rid of fear? Yes, but she doesn't really talk about it. So here again, I think in my own personal experience – it is impossible to get rid of fear. Yeah. What is what has worked for me was accepting that I can still move forward 
with the monkey of fear on my back. Yeah. So, right, the fear's with me. It's next to me. Not only do I need to accept that, I need to make friends with that fear. I yeah. need to get comfortable being scared out of my mind and taking the next right action Anyway, I think Elizabeth Gilbert talked about that in Big Magic, right? Yeah. You can't have success without fear. And no. I I think that Jensen Sherrod talks a little bit about fear, but she goes about it in a roundabout way, like get into meditation, mm-hmm. cr- lead crotch forward, yes. right? Um, <laughs> you can just make other people afraid of you right? like, by leading crotch um, forward. You know, just, just write different stories in your head, uh-huh. um, you know have a vision board, like things like that. But I think that's, for me, that feels inauthentic because I'm never not going to have fear. Fear is a realistic part of life. Yeah. You know, you get into a car accident and your insurance goes up. It's natural to have a little bit of fear. I don't want to be inauthentic and say I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. And I I don't, I, yes, it's part of the human experience. Yeah. And I think, I think working with what we have is always going to be our best bet. Yeah. So if we're all scared, which by the way, y'all, we're all fucking scared. And also that makes me able to be compassionate towards others. That's right. Because if I, I, listen, I, I teach at an acting school and one of the things that is brilliant that we do is we have them get in touch with their inner bad actor thoughts, right? Yes. And Mm -hmm. so I had a class once and this woman was like, I don't have them. I simply don't have them. I've removed all bad thoughts from my brain. And I said, I love that you do that work. Can you treat this as an example of what to happen if one shows up? And she really fought me. And she was like, no, I've done a lot of work. I never have bad thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's not real. That's not authentic. Also, you're like in your 20s. So you haven't been alive long enough to actually make Mm -hmm. that a lifelong practice. Right. You know, and like Louise Hay, who is the queen and like creator of all these, you know, meditations and positive affirmations, still has bad thoughts from time to time, probably. Well, here's the thing. We all wouldn't need to meditate all the time if we weren't feeling terrible. Yeah. So like it's inauthentic to say that you're never going to have a negative experience or thought or a frightening moment or or whatnot. Or that somehow you're not a badass if you are. Yeah. And how can I relate to people who are experiencing that moment if I remove all of that from my life? Well, and that's the thing, because then it creates an otherness where you're going, well, I figured it out and you haven't. I don't have negativity and you do. I've got this figured out and you don't. And yeah. that's isolating and I just don't know how that is long term going to work in your favor. Well, I mean, apparently it gives you a best selling yeah. book. Um, <laughs> I already told you about the road trip and that's the right. fart in a minute. Um, we're at the final part, how to kick some ass. She gives us some failure stories like Henry Ford. She has your favorite story about money. And it gets all about money and the Uh, Audi. Okay. Okay. Will you tell us the story? Because I was about to like jump in and I just want to make sure that I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah. Because this, this was the thing that I walked away from this book going, I think I literally said out loud, again, I always listen to these audiobooks, listening to the audiobook. And I think I said, fuck that. That is terrible advice. Yeah. This is from chapter 24 called Money, Your New Best Friend. Mm. Um, and it's about how she uh, was in the market for a new car because there was a rainstorm in L.A. and her car broke down. And she was looking Just from at, a rainstorm? Pretty much. <laughs> she <melted>. was um, <laughs> looking at a Honda CRV. Oh, or, girl, that's what I want. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Uh or which here she said the Honda CRV, a perfectly excellent little SUV with the following attributes: okay gas mileage, a sunroof, room for friends, a comfy ride, a whole hum stereo, reasonably fun to drive, decently priced, or the Audi Q5, a stick of butter on four wheels with the following attributes. Okay, gas mileage. $150 oil changes. <laughs> a sunroof that takes up the entire roof of the car. Room for friends, big, fat, and tall ones. Leather seats you could have a sexual relationship with. A stereo designed by God himself. I mean, she's definitely not into any hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Angels sing when you open the doors. Sexy, flashy, expensive, pretentious, terrifying. 
I came very close to buying the Honda, but as I sat there test driving it for the 10th time, trying to convince myself that this was the one, I couldn't shake the nagging truth that I was in love with someone else. Buying the Honda would have been the sensible thing to do, but I knew that adventure, true love, and a whole new way of life awaited me on the other side of my comfort zone. Blasting through this comfort zone is what I want to talk about. Purchasing the Audi should have had me waking up screaming in the middle of the night because it cost the kind of money I would normally only consider spending on something like mandatory heart surgery. Certainly not on something as frivolous as a car. P.S. If she needed heart surgery, I would recommend for her to give away 29 gifts. (laughs) But after I bought it, but after I bought it. Oh, it's so hot in here from that burn. I slept like a baby because once I made the decision to buy it, I also made the decision to get over my shit and become the kind of person who can make the kind of money to buy that kind of car or who can do anything else I want to do. No. I almost immediately came up with a way to pay off the Audi, and I'm certain that if I'd bought the Honda, I'd still be struggling to pay for it because if I'd still be playing small, I'd still be in the mindset that I can't afford more, and I'm the kind of person who has to struggle to get whatever she can. I can't break out of my mold and go get something completely out of my reach, et cetera. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say it again. <laughs> Fuck that. That is terrible advice. <laughs> that is the worst advice <laughs> I have ever heard. She is literally saying, spend money you don't have Uh because you will figure it out after. Uh Absolutely fucking not. Also, have to say, I'm currently in the market for a car. I can't afford the used CRV that I want. That's also a very expensive (laughs) car, Jen Sincero. No, this this is when it becomes so fucking problematic because you know what's badass? Having money in the bank. Mm -hmm. You know what's badass? Not having debt. You know what's fucking amazing? Having an emergency savings account. That's right. And, like, not advocating to people who are just... Like, if if you are somebody who's impressionable or you just need that excuse or you're looking for a sign to, to make a bad decision, talk about self-sabotage, right? And looking inward and being aware. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will sabotage themselves by getting into a cycle of debt and buying something they can't afford because then it does put them in that victim mindset of, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do this. Oh, I've got so much debt because for whatever reason, that is an identity thing that you latch on to or it keeps you from going out and pursuing the things you're really afraid of, right? So I have to say, no, 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 fucking no. My point is there are a lot of factors, access, privilege, luck that she has lucked into, and I resent this. Yeah. It is not good advice. I think, again, responsible dissemination of information. If we're looking for the grain of truth in this, it's don't be afraid to go after the things you want and to think bigger, dream bigger. Yeah. Uh, go for bigger things. But y'all, especially when the APR is high, if like 6.9%. This is like a, this is a lesson in Your insurance goes up. Tell me like, about it. I just got a new car and my insurance went up. Yes. I have been shopping around at all these used cars and no matter what car it is, my insurance goes up by $30 a month, mm-hmm. which makes it insanely expensive, mm-hmm. even though I haven't been in accidents, haven't nope. gotten tickets, nope. whatever. Anyway. It's tough because the, the kernel of this, I think, is sometimes you do have to force yourself to level up, right? Like sometimes taking out a loan for your business actually makes you work hard enough to get your business successful. That's right. That's right. But that's a different thing than buying a car that's out of your budget. That's exactly right. And leveling up is such a good way to put it. If you really feel like you need to level up, you know what? Go around, get competitive lease offers on something. Don't get yourself into five years. Do a two-year lease. I love it. Do you see? But do you see what I'm saying? Like, there I is do see what way. you're saying. Here's the other thing that nobody likes to acknowledge is that people with privilege get to fail more often. Oh, yeah. People without privilege fail once and they're fucked for life. That's exactly right. So if she defaults or if she gets this car repossessed, she will get an opportunity to lease another car. Her credit might go bad, but it will come up again. and the judge might be more lenient because she's white. So she is operating from a place of privilege. Being badass is not about driving a cool car. It's how you feel inside. Well, that's the thing. And I feel like we're taking so long on this, and I apologize. But I feel like there's a real disconnect, This, this, this... Law of attraction and vibration seems to only be about material, material looking thin, having a relationship, having money, having objects. 
And uh, we know living up to what society is telling you. But you we should also live up know to. that that ultimately doesn't bring you joy. No, it does. And we, and I do. There is some evidence about working outside in versus working inside out. Like both right. are both are valid. But if you price yourself out of a comfort zone and are are stressed about money, you know, I don't. I don't know. I'm no, really no, no. turned Listen, up and down. No, no, no. This this is. Two points I want to make, circling back to Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which we did on the very first episode. I actually think that he is doing, he is successful at a lot of the things that Jen Sincero is trying to do, but I think falling short of here. Okay. So he talks about trading in problems for other problems, right? So... And Mark is is all about leveling up in your problems. Mm -hmm. So if you are talking about having a good car that gets you from A to B that you're safe in, that's got all those benefits you listed, like getting your friends around and it's got a sunroof and it's cute and whatever – and by the way, the Audi does not get better gas mileage than the CRV. Oh, she I said they say. were both okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I thought the angels were singing as they carried her across the 405. <laughs> but but my my point is, are you really leveling up into a better problem when you're going, I am spending money I don't have every fucking month? Like, that's not a better problem. You've leveled up into a different problem. You've leveled up, in my opinion, in my judgment, <laughs> and it is mine. I'm not saying it's right or accurate to other people, but that's a worse problem. Yeah. Leveled up, I meant like the stress increases. Oh, yes. Like yes, you're, yes, yes. you are closer to being yes. fucked. And here's the other thing. Working in Hollywood for so long, I... I have worked very closely with and around and have known millionaires, multi-multi-millionaires who have the mansion, the Tesla, the everything, multiple Teslas, who are so unhappy. So I, It's not about items. It's never about that. So I, I, I do like so many of the things that you've talked about in this book and the loving yourself, the Mm -hmm, journaling mm -hmm. about the narratives. I think there's a ton of good stuff. But again, I invite everyone to cherry pick, Mm -hmm. read any self-help book, including Mm -hmm. this one with a critical lens because, oh my God, just because someone is an author and has written a book does not mean that they have good things to say that you should follow. And I just also would want to say if you're listening and you're having like heated discussions along with us or you think that we're missing some critical points, please write in, tweet at us, um, Instagram, email. We'll put that again at at the bottom of our our, our, uh, episode. It's we want to hear from you. And if we're missing something or you feel like we're really off the mark, Please tell us. Or if you read this book and it changed your life, oh, my God, please tell us. Yeah. Because we're just two bitches who are worried about yeah. our privilege. And we're, we're, coming, <laughs> we're coming at this from our own lens. That's but, right. But our hermeneutical lens. Oh, you did it? I did oh, it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm going to just wrap this please. up here. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, we're so close to the end of the book and she's like it's all about again making money being fat and finding a man and I'm just it's like it's not about those things but it's about finding yourself and believing in yourself and I'm like you can't do that on page 205 and have me believe that that's the truth wait so she literally says in the outro no it's not even the outro does she, no but does she reference like being thin and relationships and all that in this Audi yeah it's making me crazy she says um, what page is this on it's on 205 here we go here's the thing Making money isn't only about the money, just as losing weight isn't only about losing weight, and finding your soulmate isn't only about finding your soulmate. It's about who you become and what you believe is possible for yourself. And then she has, in bold, money is currency and currency is energy. Okay, so that's contradictory to what you just wrote. And yeah. don't don't tell me 204 pages that it's about being able to lose weight. It's about being able to find a man. It's about being able to make a lot of money. And then tell me that it's not. Because your message is really not here for me. Well, and again, it just feels like all these ideas are in discord with each other. Yeah. Because she's saying, imagine this limitless life. Be open to this huge imagination. And then... It sounds like a very, very close-minded 
definition of what success is. Exactly. Then she goes into this concept of wealth consciousness Mm -hmm. and a place of abundance Mm -hmm. with zero consideration for privilege, as we've talked ad nauseum. Um, And then on page 216, she gives this example of chiropractors. I do want to read this because I think this is a great example of what she's trying to communicate. Right. Um, And so please bear with me. Here we go. Um, In order to create wealth, you must bring yourself into energetic alignment with the money you desire to manifest. Three people can do the same thing for a living. Let's say they're chiropractors, for example. One makes $50,000 a year, one makes $100,000 a year, and one makes $1 million a year. Is the guy who makes a million dollars much better than the that much better than no, the guy who makes $50,000? That's what I said. It's their <laughs> fucking bilking. It's an insurance fraud. She said, and how do you put a price tag on his betterness? Is the way he cracks someone back $950,000 a year times better than the guy who makes $50,000? He may be more skilled and have more expertise, but then again, he may not. But what is ultimately comes down to is his decision of his worth. He is operating at a $1 million frequency, so that's what he's charging and getting. And I said, no, he's bilking <laughs> fraud. He's committing insurance fraud. <laughs> well, also, again, this whole idea like, no, you have to align with the energy of the money you want. I don't know what that energy feels like. I'll know if I ever get a million dollars. let me just say, do I think that women of color just aren't aligning with the energy that they right, want when yeah. they're paid a yeah. gap significantly less than me? That's right. That's right. And indigenous women, even less. Fuck. Asian women, even less. And, like, it's just. Yeah. Ugh. And then at the very end, she's like, let it all go. And I was really ready to let it go. So I'm ask me your questions. I'll tell you no lies. That's okay. <laughs> You are a badass. Okay. Um, great job. And listen, everybody, listen, we never promised that every episode was going to be lighthearted and fabulous. I mean, We're trying. I hate this book. I really don't like this I'm book. Sorry. But, however, if you were like. Fuck you, Misty and Lisa. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Go get the book. This book has been on the New York Times bestseller list forever. I think. I it, mean, I we're not so egotistical as to sit here and think everyone else is wrong and we're right. You no, know what I mean? We're Go not. read the book. And in fact, remind me at the very end to tell you the kicker. Oh, I cannot wait. Okay. So a couple questions yes, for you. Yes. Um, so how, like, is, so overall, did you feel like this is more practical or more woo-woo? I feel like it's right down the line because it's woo-woo, but then she explains how to get woo-woo. Okay. And what did you try to put into practice from this book, and Mm. how did it affect you? I tried to (laughs) not let my rage enrage me. No, you know what I did? Uh, I, I, I think I just kind of operated with a little more... Fuck it. I think maybe I was crotch forward, maybe. <laughs> but it wasn't really crotch. It was just kind of like fuck it attitude forward. More with your cr- like very like. No, I don't know. I think what it meant was that I I just kind of communicated a little more clearly okay. and didn't worry about how other people took it. Like tonight, I just was somebody okay. pissed me off and I just kind of yelled at them and I didn't worry about it because they did something really stupid. Because you can't control how they react. That's to right. Them. That's right. Okay. Um, what did you absolutely hate about this book? Everything. No. Mostly <laughs> just that um mostly just that it seemed to operate on under the premise and she kept hitting on being thin, having a relationship and money. And yeah. I, I it it kind of whether she attempted to or not, it sets up this expectation that only badasses are thin, have relationships, and have money. Right, which is just inherently problematic. Yeah. Um, so what did you love about the book? I did love that she, when she asked people to do things that are incredibly hard, like like change the way that they think about themselves, she actually gave them a step-by-step plan on how to do it. She did gloss over about how hard it would be, but she told them how to do it. Right, right. So if you kind of go in knowing that this is going to be difficult, there are practical things that you can yeah. Take away. Okay. And ultimately, she wants people to love herself. So I can't be mad at her for that. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like. And that's the thing is it's it's interesting. She feels like she toggles back and forth between going, love yourself exactly as you are and, and just aspire be different. for all these things that change you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so who is this book great for and who's it terrible for? I think it's great for people who are like have said to you or if you say to yourself, I am ready for change. I am ready for change. I don't know how to get it, but I am ready for change and I want change. 
I think this is a great book for them because it gives you lots of things to try. I think it's terrible for anybody who has MS, and I think it's terrible for <laughs> anybody who, um, oh, no. you know, I guess if I if I had that disease and I got to that page, I would be so mad at her. I would be so upset. Um, although I don't have MS, so maybe not. Maybe those people uh, who, who suffer from that disease are used to people saying stupid shit all the time. I bet they are. Um, I think it's bad for somebody who is... Um, just starting to come to terms with things like negative thought patterns mm. and starting to become aware um, because those can be very overwhelming, I think, and frightening. And having somebody kind of yell at you to lead with your crotch while you're also just realizing the way that you talk to yourself, I think would be kind of overwhelming for me. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right on right with that. You might need the guidance of somebody who's very... Um, compassionate and gentle and like yeah to be curious with you about that versus somebody telling you how to quickly fix it sure and it feels like there are things you can take away from this book Mm -hmm. but i think if this had been the first self-help book i ever read and it was in my early 20s i think i would have walked away feeling real shitty about myself yeah yeah um as opposed to going cherry picking again oh well i'm gonna ignore that because i know better you know and i'm gonna take the things that are working exactly um so do you have a listener challenge for me? Oh, I know exactly what I want you to do. What? I want you to just be curious about where it is you stop. In my plans to move forward? Yeah. Is it? Right at the end. Where do you get overwhelmed? <laughs> great. If you already know, that's great. No, no, no. I'll, I'll really think yeah. um, like, is it? hard about do you that. Get, it's kind of like where do you get flooded and where do you kind of shut down, right? Is it just thinking about being that. overwhelmed about stuff or is it right after you start or is it kind of sure. halfway through? Just think about it. I will think about it. Great. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. Um, do you have any like quotes that sat with you this week or anything really positive about your week that you maybe want to share? I think I said enough quotes from this book. She said enough quotes. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much. We did it. Thank you. We did this, this was book. kind of an epic one. Just like Jen Sincero says, we have to stay open or else we die yeah. or whatever it is. So we are open to hearing your feedback. Nice so segue. Email nice. us. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm not being paid for this at all. No. Uh, so email us your thoughts uh, or we also want to hear your best and worst self-help stories. Please. Tell us if we got something horribly wrong or just rage with us, y'all. Yes. You can email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at podcast and on Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast and our website is gohelpyourselfpodcast.com and as always, y'all, life is abundant. So you may I may sound different, and that's because we're recording this part at a little bit of a different time because I forgot to tell you guys the kicker. That's exactly right. We realized that we made a promise and then we bailed. Which is something that we do. Just kidding. We're trying to be here for you. We're doing our yeah. best. So here's the thing. After reviewing You Are a Badass, mm-hmm. um, in the beginning I said, wait for the kicker. That's right. And then we got so into our discussion, <laughs> we forgot the kicker. Lisa, what is the kicker? The kicker is when I was researching Jen Sincero on jensincero.com, mm-hmm. where she writes her own biography. The number one source for anything related to, to Jen Sincero. Where she, basically her biography was about her writing her own book. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's her credibility. That's right. Um, she has this little thing that I, I clicked on, and she has a seven-day, $97, 14-day full money uh, guarantee return okay. course to help you pitch your own book. Okay. And I am buying it with my friend, oh my God. <laughs> I hate myself for saying it. Yeah, I can't believe we're doing it. So um, we have this idea for a book, but we've been like languishing around for, honestly, for about four years. Oh my God, Lisa. I know, and it's fucking Jens and Gerald that, anyway. This is just a testament to why she's successful, because we can critique her book all we want and disagree with a lot of the advice in it, and then people are still turning to her, including you. I mean, let's not forget her tagline, which is, if this broke bitch can 
get rich? Nope. No, I if love this it. Bitch, if this broke bitch can get rich. <laughs> if this bitch can get rich, so can you. Damn. If this bitch can make money, this broke something. I don't remember. You have, please, please let us know how I it know. goes when you buy it. I am so angry at myself. And yet I feel like it's $97. She's priced it perfectly. It's less than 100 Yes. It's not, enough not to make 99. you feel like it's valuable, yes. but not so much that it's out of the realm of possibility. And I feel like she's like, in one week, you'll have a pitch for a book. And what, it's Colleen that you're writing this with? Yeah. Colleen, honey, lean in. I have a message for you. <laughs> if you take Lisa away from me, I will cry ugly tears outside of your house. Okay. I'm going nowhere except to sit on my ass for seven days (laughs) in front of a computer where I will probably have to listen to little witty bits from Jens and Cheryl about how to write a book. I don't know why little witty bits just twisted my brain in knots. It did? It did. Little witty bits. Well, that's the title of my book. That's what I call my boobs in my diary. (laughs) Guys, that's the kicker. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.